Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jessica. Spencer. Is this DNF? This is DNF. This is DNF. Um, which we will finish. And we will finish in predictable record professional time, just like the Mexican Grand Prix that we just watched. Do, do, do we, we have something, a spoiler. A spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it, okay? Max Verstappen won. What? He never does that. Never. Never. Max Verstappen did win yet again. That, that's that's really the good and the bad news I have for you, is that it's 2022, and the rest of us have to watch Max Verstappen finish 30 laps in front of everyone else. <laughs> he uh, broke the record today for the most wins in a Formula One season with his 14th win. I think we predicted last weekend that he would finish the season with 16. We are on track for that, um, mm-hmm. meaning he will probably win out. Yeah, Max Verstappen is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that's that's our expert analysis. Max my expert analysis, pretty good. I think he like the strategy almost didn't even matter for him. Like I think he still would have won. He won by like 14 seconds over Lewis Hamilton. Yep. I know Lewis Hamilton was not happy about going on hard tires, and he wanted to start on softs and switch to mediums, which was the Red Bull strategy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have made a difference. Do you think that would have made a difference? I think in his mind it would have made a difference, and for a competitor like Lewis, that makes all the difference. I think he's somebody that will look for answers wherever he can get them. How's that? I don't really know if it would have made a difference, but in his mind, I think this is going to be a race. Like when we talk about the Mexico GP and we talk about the end of the race, we're looking for all of these little things that are signs of where drivers stand and where teams stand and where drivers stand within their teams, etc. And I think one of the things that is just a pattern this whole season is that Lewis feels like he isn't being listened to. And Mm -hmm. um, if he felt that way before this race, then openly complaining about the tire strategy is definitely not going to help. No, it didn't help. I don't think it maybe would have made that big of a difference. He did beat Sergio Perez, finished in second. Sergio Perez came in third at his home race, so Mm -hmm. the crowd was pumped about that. But, Spencer, it was... You know, I don't want to say it was a boring race. There was some action. We'll we'll get to the the main instigator of the action in a minute because mm-hmm. he won driver of the day unexpectedly. But I think the Red Bulls just had they still have a a huge advantage even somewhere like in Mexico where you're battling the altitude and that might be something that favors Mercedes right now. Mm-hmm. Um they were just, you know, Max is just crazy fast. It's the first time I think in 
in history or in, or in four years that uh, the pole sitter has won the Mexican Grand Prix. So yep. he has that distinction also. Um, yeah, so uh, we should mention, you know, going into the second half of the season, there was a bit of a, a battle brewing between Red Bull and another team, not named Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that team finish today? Did you even hear them mentioned on the broadcast? They got passed a lot. That's it. Like, um, I think you can give um, you can give Ferrari the sportsmanship award because every time they needed to give gap, they gave gap. They said, no, go ahead. That's fine. We'd prefer not to be racing today. They didn't have the car dialed up in uh, practice. They didn't have the cars dialed up uh, for qualifying and they just didn't have it um, on the broadcast. Uh, put bluntly, like I kind of was wondering how we were going to talk about Ferrari and you know, the broadcast sometimes helps because uh, I believe it was Ted Kravitz who said, yeah, they've just been fading since July. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we'd have to check like the, you know, splits and all of that. Like is, is Ferrari fading or are they just kind of staying the same while the other two teams have gotten a little bit better? Mm. Maybe a little column A, little column B. I think it depends on your. Um, I think it depends on your opinion of Ferrari overall. If you're like mm. me and you sort of wonder who or what does anything organizationally there, like to me, they just seem like five thousand engineers, one guy who kind of makes up race strategy, and two great drivers. So you have amazing cars, astonishingly weird management, and great drivers and that's led mm-hmm. to this just kind of malaise that's affected their season marginally like they're still they're still obviously like either the second or third best team depending on whether we're talking about this week or the entire season but they were just never really in the race never really even showed up yeah so the this the race got off to a, a pretty exciting start lewis was able to uh, scoot on up to second behind Verstappen. George Russell, uh, formerly the best lad, um, kind of came in behind um, Sergio Perez after a couple turns where uh, him and Lewis were battling it out, and he kind of he kind of let Lewis get in front of him. I mean, Lewis had a, a better angle on the turn. I think it was turn three or four, but um, Russell ended up in fourth, and that was pretty much the order for the rest of the race, except for if you were watching the race happening in the back, Spencer. So what happened with uh, the number four constructor in this race? And what what the hell was going on with Daniel Ricardo? I don't know what got into Daniel Ricardo. Maybe altitude suits him because <laughs> the thinner air just suits his overall levels of fitness. Maybe he just really vibes on Mexico. Maybe he decided that yes, this is the week I will show everybody what what you've been mis- what you've been missing by not employing me as your driver because uh, he kicked ass, and I mean that in the literal and fi- and uh, metaphysical sense. Metaphysically, I mean, and metaphorically, he was out there passing people left and right. He was the uh, driver of the day. I don't want to say he was the unanimous driver of the day because. Uh, when I say he literally kicked ass, he kicked Yuki Tsunoda's ass off the track. Now, most people watching this race agree there was a gap there to be taken and that he was a bit rash in getting it. Jessica, mm-hmm. do, do you think he had a space? Do you think that was something? Mm, no. <laughs> 
I don't think Yuki Sonoda, I, I don't think, I, I think the 10 second penalty was warranted there. And he was able to still finish in the points despite the penalty, which like, I think that was the most shocking thing of all was that Daniel Ricardo gets in the incident with Yuki Sonoda and, and basically like tried to fit into a very narrow gap, right? Mm-hmm. To take that corner and yeah. didn't have it. And, and maybe Yuki should have backed off, but I, I think Yuki was a little bit ahead of him at that point. Um, and it was it was a little aggressive by Daniel Ricardo, but he got the penalty. And then instead of just being like, "Okay, I need to cool my jets," I'm you know that was too aggressive, and I got in trouble. He's like, "No, I'm just gonna go overtake like five more cars, um, mm-hmm. and still yeah. finish in the points for for the first time in, in a while." Yeah, just um, you know, d- to hell with it. What what do you have to lose? Like, what do you have, what do you have to lose at all? I kind of. I don't know if it's something you can agree or disagree with, but it makes sense. Why on earth would he have given an inch when he has nothing to lose and when you know Yuki Tsunoda is not going to give him an inch as well? Like, he wasn't going to give him any gap there either. Uh, he did knock Yuki out of the race. It was a rough day for AlphaTauri overall, uh, but just a little flash. Every now and then, it's just like that's going to be... That's going to be the sort of like tagline on Daniel Ricardo's driving careers that every now and then we saw something really spectacular like this. Right? And I'm like, okay, well, damn, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss that next year. I mean, we we did hear the rumors that maybe he's joining Red Bull. Now Ted Kravitz has said maybe he will join Mercedes. Yeah. Who the hell knows? As long as he's on Sky Sports, I think I'll be happy. The fans obviously still love him. I mean, he won driver of the day. I don't actually know who else would have even like been a contender for that considering, you know, there's some very boring options and then the one guy who did something pretty cool. There was also a- another very sad thing that happened during the race was Fernando Alonso giving like a heartfelt message about like the season being great, but then his car ran out of juice and he had to pull off track and yeah. we got a five second virtual safety car. Did you hear the, uh, did you hear that noise that his engine made? <laughs> can you, can you imitate it for, imitate that noise for us? Yeah. That was actually I, really good. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very close. I've had many cars make that noise and it's not good when, <laughs> The, the like exalted world of F1 engineering and things I've heard a car do interact. Like ideally, <laughs> you don't want me to recognize a noise that your car is making in F1, which is sadly what happened to Fernando Alonso's car. Mm. Um, I, I want to state this. I think this is a race that overall in terms of events, there's, there's very few events. Like there's just very little going on. In terms of vibes and in terms of... of overall atmosphere just from the tv i don't know if there's a better one yeah like in terms of fans who are there to have an extremely good time and i don't mean like the dutch grand prix kind of time where i don't know maybe somebody's getting a road flare thrown at their head (laughs) right no like this was just so chill and good and the production reflects that like you turn it on and there is first of all my favorite intro to any f1 broadcast this year a dude shooting flame out of like like hair like hairspray right like shooting flame out of hairspray cans with a sugar skull mask with glowing eyes 
And then they had the band playing the Formula One theme, which they kept replaying throughout the broadcast. Which the was mariachi great. version. The mariachi version of the F1 theme. Super fun. I love the corner where they through the stadium. I think that that's so much fun to watch. And hearing the cheers for Checo going through the corner was mm-hmm. was a blast. But yeah, in terms of vibes, I would say the fan atmosphere, really good vibes. It, it felt like all weekend. From a Formula One standpoint, really bad vibes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's coming down to the point in the season where everyone is sick of seeing each other every mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. There is a ton of drama happening behind the scenes, but not really behind the scenes because in Formula One, behind the scenes drama becomes like in front of the scenes drama. It's not yeah. like, you know, the NFL where, you know, you get a memo and then no one ever talks about it ever again. Like, oh, that, uh, you know, maybe the Miami Dolphins owner tampered with a head coach and a quarterback, mm-hmm. but we're not going to talk about that ever again because, you know, he's a billionaire who doesn't have to answer questions on a microphone. But Christian Horner is going to talk about everything going on. And so, you know, since maybe there wasn't a lot to talk about with the race, let's let's talk about the ongoing controversy of the Red Bull cost cap. Where do you stand on all of this and the penalty that was handed down this week on Red Bull? Well, it, just correct me if I'm wrong. They lost arrow time, correct? They lost arrow time and they got a $7 million fine that does not come out of next year's cost cap. It is a separate fine. Uh, I'm sure Red Bull will be, you know, looking in the couch cushions to to pay that. But yes, $7 mm-hmm. million and then a 10% reduction in arrow time for next year's uh, development. Which I, I think that is the way to do it. If you talk about punishments for cheating or pushing the envelope of what is legal in sports, just a quick review of everything. You want a punishment that's going to affect their performance going forward. You don't want to necessarily rewrite history and say, ooh, this is, you know, we'll go back and invalidate everything you did this year. Frankly, given the like relatively minuscule scale of this kind of cheating. Um, and, and by the way, sorry if I'm cavalier about cheating, but um, I grew up. We're very pro cheating. Very pro cheating <laughs> in sports generally. It's, it's, and, and second of all, uh, compared to what happens in other sports, see I was, was going to say, Spencer, were you about to say growing up during the steroid era, or was that not what you were about to say? Well, throw that in. No, I was going to say, I grew up <laughs> I grew up watching a lot of NASCAR, where people will do everything from putting 200-pound tires on the car and then making a pit stop <laughs> two stops into the race uh, in order to reduce the overall weight of the car when you put the real tires on, right? Um, yeah. So when F1 says that they've, you know, misplaced $1.4 million in catering fees on a spreadsheet, 
I'm not exactly going to get too riled up about it, especially when um, you consider what that is in the grand scope of the budget. Now, it's not totally insignificant, right? Um, right. L- last week, I was hanging out with uh, Nate Saunders, and you know, Name I was drop. like, "Yeah, it's one point four mil," and he's like, "Yeah, it's also one point four mil." You know, it, yeah. it matters. It matters. So affect their competitive capabilities moving forward. If you're an engineer and you're watching this, if you are a kind of person who even has an engineering type brain, and I told you that you lost 10% of your capability to gather information, you're gonna go haywire. Like if the drivers and management are like, ah, we'll deal with it. I guarantee you that is not the attitude in the lab. That is not the attitude that the engineers have. 10% is a massive loss of data and of real runtime in terms of building next year's car. Remember, Red Bull are in part in this position free of all competitors because Mercedes missed so badly on their car this year. Something that I'm sure they wish they could have had more aero time. But as uh, if you know, there's a sliding scale of aero time uh, and the team that wins a title gets the least. So Red Bull will already be having the least uh, with the title this year. And then they will get a further reduction in that arrow time. I believe that's how it all works. Mm-hmm. I um, The cash fine is always funny to me. Like that just feels like- Sell more Red Bulls, You'll, you guys will be fine. I'll, I'll give you my laundry, you give me yours. We're all rich guys. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, the largest, like this is the sport that generated, you know, a, a nine figure fine for cheating once, right? Like a nine, like that's, that's nothing in the relative well, scheme of things. There's a few things that I think we can we can poke some fun at here. If you have suggestions of what you think Red Bull spent the extra $1.8 million on, um, please put them in the chat. Mm-hmm. I think we already talked about, Spencer, their $75,000 or 75000 item line receipt or audit, whatever, spreadsheet that they yeah. submitted. There were 75,000 line items on it. I said that very clunkily. I majored in television in college. I know four things about finance. So yeah, they they obviously these are incredibly complex budgets. I think from from what it sounds like the 10% development cap will be more detrimental than oh no, let's just, you know, find 7 million dollars and give it to the FIA. But mm-hmm. there were there were other things that happened when when this was announced by the FIA earlier this week. One of those things was okay, so Red Bull went over by 1.8 million dollars. However, they forgot to apply a tax credit that would have saved them 1.4 million. Therefore, they really only went over by 400,000 or $500,000. So like, you know, it's really not that much. And my, I guess, counter argument to that is like, just because you're bad at taxes doesn't mean you you cheated less. You guys are rich. You should know how to apply tax credits. That's your bad. You don't get to be like, yeah, we didn't actually go over that much because we forgot about that huge tax break that would have saved us $1.5 million. You should know someone. You should be able to pay someone who knows these things. That's the exactly. real rich guy, rich exactly. lady thing to go is to go, all right, I'm an idiot because I've never had to be good at anything, right? However, I have money so I can pay someone who has this expertise to do it for me. So that is... It's a terrible excuse. It's its also hilarious that F1 is like, hey, did you guys know about this rebate? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it's like they're buying contacts or something. Yeah, yeah like like going to the Costco of F1 accounting, right? Like, <laughs> hey, listen, they, they got a bulk, a, a, a bulk order over here. You can just pick right. it up. Just get the 64 pack. 
It's, and it's like, yeah, well, we actually, we cheated a lot, but it was actually less cheating because we are bad at cheating and mm-hmm. doing our taxes. So Christian Horner went on just a terror this week and all of these interviews. He said that the punishment was, quote, draconian, which, Spencer, I'm not sure if you've ever been to, like, the Madame Tussauds in London where they have the, like, torture room. Like, that's what I think of when I think of things that are draconian, not like, hey, you guys have to pay us a fine. Well, draconian to me connotes like something really old fashioned and evil. Um, But Christian Horner said that it was draconian. He also had um, (laughs) an amazing, amazing quote in his press conference where he said, to be honest with you, uh, this was a question about whether or not Red Bull should have to apologize for going over the cost cap. He said, to be honest with you, I think we're probably due an apology from some of our rivals for some of the claims they have made. We make no apology for the way that we've performed or the way we've acted. And then the last quote that I wanted to to read to you was like the the way Christian Horner he, like he's so good at this. Like mm-hmm. he is the perfect man to be in charge of this team, the perfect man to wear this in front of the media because he uh Alanis King our, our friend uh, tweeted the other day like something along the lines of like Red Bulls like Christian Horner's so good at this you will leave an interview and feel like you are the one that went over on the cost cap because he makes you somehow feel guilty for things that like their team has done so the last quote was um they have obviously been quick to talk in the media some of them uh, referring to the other teams I'm sure for them it wouldn't be enough I'm sure if you burned our wind tunnel down it wouldn't be enough (laughs) if you burned our wind tunnel down yeah Sure, yeah. man. Sure. Which, like, no one is suggesting. Like, that is a... I mean, I think that actually would satisfy some fans. Because, Spencer, like, this is the fun part about all of this. No matter what the penalty is against Red Bull, everyone's mad. If you're a fan of any of the other nine constructors or any of the other 18 drivers, you don't think that this is enough. You think that either the $7 million should have come out of the cost cap, it should have been more than $7 million, they should have taken points away from last season no one's happy about this uh and there's you know a lot of team principals that are like well maybe we'll cheat now because nothing really is going to happen um but if you're a red bull fan you're like this is the stupidest thing that has ever happened they went over by four hundred thousand dollars because they're bad at taxes and Mm -hmm. that shouldn't matter because it's such an insignificant amount of money and they overspent on catering Mm -hmm. but by the way I i get it i know how it happened because so we've gone over the logistics of this sport that in order to get to a race on the continent the red bull team takes 40 trailers at least 40 trailers worth of stuff it's an army on the move if i was in charge of this and i overspent by 1.4 mil whoo 1.8 mil good good job on me that's amazing that's how you that's how you overspend on catering by a million Overspending on catering by a million, by the way, like there better be, these better have been like full team dinners where everyone's getting a lobster tail in their own personal bottle of champagne. If that, if that's what's happening here, this better not be like, oh yeah, we just have a lot of people and we use like catering from some local school. No, this better be like, we are treating our people well and they're all getting nice dinners. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 I, um, probably not. (laughs) Yeah. So. 
it is it is wild to me that they it's wild to me that the story has lasted this long it's also wild to me that anyone's surprised that christian horner would take this opportunity to be a victim remember the best defense is to just just lie just take the stance of just take the stance that is the opposite of what you are this is the top team in the sport they've got everything working right now they have piles of money what you should do is say oh i can't believe you're picking a little old red bull can't believe it <laughs> that's the Dabo sweeney approach it, 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 dude, it is Clemson. it is the position of power i'm the real victim here me yeah christian horner all four foot seven of me sitting here this has been the game plan as long as i've been a fan of of red bull so like you know, four weeks or whatever, or, or a fan of F1, I should say. Um, there was also, you know, like he's he's done this every time that there has been some other issue that he has then made about Red Bull. It happened a lot last season, but another another interesting Red Bull story that happened this week, Spencer, and I, I swear we will not talk about Red Bull for this entire episode, but, mm -hmm. you know, they have been in, in the news cycle a lot. So um, our, our dear buddy, Ted Kravitz, in his in Ted's notebook, which is a little like Sky Sports thing that airs after the races last week in Austin, um, he did a, a little you know thing about Lewis Hamilton not winning and not winning a race this season and and used the line that Max Verstappen robbed Lewis of a title in 2021. And Red Bull said that they will no longer talk to Sky Sports because of those comments and they are indefinitely boycotting. Sky Sports. So after qualifying yesterday, Max Verstappen did not do a Sky Sports interview. Um, they also, you know, last year Verstappen said he didn't want to talk to Netflix anymore. Now he is talking to Netflix again. So th this is kind of like also their MO. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the Sky Sports uh, boycott from Red Bull? <laughs> again, this is this is to me my favorite thing, which is um, looking for a reason to be hurt. That's dude, what. Like I don't, I don't understand it. I do not get it. I watch. I would just like as a member of. Oh God, as a member of the media. Okay, <laughs> I, I watch y'all make mistakes all the time. I do. Well, you know, watch y'all make mistakes all the time. People in media are going to make mistakes too if that's what they believe that they've done. So, yeah, it's it's just petulant. You know, <laughs> it's fully fully within their rights to say that. But but still, like I I. How's this? There is a great old editorial about the prosecution of the Rolling Stones for drug charges that was done by a guy uh, with the last name Reese Mogg. It's not Jacob Reese Mogg, but it's his father. And it says, who, who wants to break or who breaks a butterfly upon the wheel? Okay. It's basically <laughs> saying like, why are you going to take a sledgehammer to a tiny problem? Right. Right. Just because right. you can. It's just, why are you going to get that mad at Ted Kravitz? Like, that's, right. you know, like, what, for example, like Martin Brundle. We had a little victory today because Martin Brundle on his <laughs> grid walk, somebody said, I love what you do. And Martin Brundle seemed genuinely shook with emotion over this. Like, yeah, oh, he really did. Oh, finally, someone says something good instead of telling me to get out of the way. He also, he, it was just like some random woman. <laughs> it was a random he, lady. It was he like, couldn't find anyone you're to talk great. about. I love when he walks up to, to random people who have like some, you know, connection who get on the, the grid and he's just like, who are you? And they're like, pardon, <laughs> like, who are you? And then he talks to them as if like, you know, they're 
someone famous. And this this wonderful woman was like, I saw what Brad Pitt did to you. It was not fair. <laughs> and he was just like, <laughs> thank, thank you, ma'am. Thank Thanks. you. Yeah, I thought so too. So there was actually a little addendum to that um, because Formula One fans did get very upset at Brad Pitt afterwards because, you know, Formula One has seen as we all know, this tremendous amount of interest now in the United States. And some of the fans who have watched the sport for longer are like, okay, well, if you guys are going to like, you know, come like our sport, you better be nice about it at the very least. And Brad Pitt was not, you know, entertaining Martin Brundle's uh, questioning last week. So Martin Brundle actually got, he, he tweeted this after, uh, the whole debacle last week after all of the mean articles in all the motorsport websites were written about Brad Pitt. Uh, Martin Brundle tweeted, got a note from Brad Pitt explaining what happened with our near miss on the Austin grid. Unnecessary, but nice of him. Absolutely nobody is obliged to talk to me on the grid, but as I endeavor to make 10 to 12 minutes of live and unscripted sports TV, I'm obliged at least to ask. <laughs> That's again, our man Sisyphus just sitting so out British. there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I also like, uh, I think it was Benjamin Rose who said in the comments who said that he's just glad that we don't have to go to Christian Horner six times on the pit wall. Um, <laughs> I, too, have heard enough of Christian Horner. And if I haven't, then guess what? In, in March, in March, I get so much more Christian Horner because Drive yeah. to Survive will come out. And I get to hear all of this bullshit again. So... Yeah. I mean, you know this boycott is not going to last very long. Christian no, Horner loves no, going on, uh, Scott. Oh, I'm going to take, yeah, take away the microphone. Okay. Okay, okay Christian, here, yeah, I'll take it away. with that. He's going to start his own podcast now. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> right. You know, have you ever taken something away from a kid and they've gone, that's fine. And their hand just starts <laughs> to come up, like, slowly, like, uh, mm, give me the lollipop. Yeah, he no, wants, that was he wants me, the though, lollipop back. All the time with my cell phone in eighth grade. Um, yeah. There was there was another like little social media uh, tiff that happened heading into this week. So we mentioned on Monday show, Fernando Alonso got a 30 second penalty because he got in the incident with Lance Stroll during the U.S. Grand Prix and then um, apparently had a, a faulty mirror that was kind of dangling loose. And so he got a 30 second penalty for not going into the pit lane to get that fixed and driving with, you know, a dangerous thing on his car. So afterwards, um, that was also Haas put in the complaint about that. And mm -hmm. then Aston Mar or Alpine challenged it or like appealed it. And so they won the appeal. Uh, and so the 30 second penalty was taken away. So it was like one of those things where like a day after the race, it was like, actually the people you thought won didn't win. And these people actually won, but those people you actually thought were going to win, but then there was that penalty thing. So it's a very classic formula one thing where it's like the race isn't over until like maybe three weeks after the race. Also, maybe like a couple years. Like mm -hmm. we just need the dust to settle completely before we can decide who won these things. So, anyways, Fernando Alonso was was uh, happy about that. But then he made a comment this week to a Dutch newspaper called De Telegraph, where mm -hmm. he said basically that. Um, Lewis Hamilton, uh, I'll read the quote. He said, I have a lot of respect for Lewis, but still it's different when you win seven world titles, when you only have to fight with your teammate. The gist of which was that like Max Verstappen's titles have been much more difficult to win because they've been much closer and it hasn't been a, a runaway victory like Mercedes wins with Lewis Hamilton have been. Um, so Lewis Hamilton posted a tweet 
with him standing on a podium next to uh, Alonzo, like one step above, like the top of the podium and a thumbs up. But then he, I think he deleted it because I mm-hmm. tried to find it and I can't find it now. But that was a little back and forth and they don't get along to begin with. And so now they're all arguing on social media. And that's what we have to look forward to the rest of the season, Spencer. People arguing on social media, Christian Horner boycotting Sky until he no longer can handle not being on Sky and Max Verstappen probably winning the next two races. Mm, a little bit of a consolation prize for entertainment. And that is Toto Wolf trying to steal, trying to steal a second place away from Ferrari. You know he can do it. <laughs> The target is on everyone's back, but mostly Ferraris. The Wolfinator. The Wolfinator is on the way. <laughs> uh, we will see you guys again after the uh, the November 13th Formula One Heineken Grand Premium de Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. I, my Portuguese pronunciation oh, is terrible. It's so hard. It's so, it's hard. so hard. But uh, fun track, fun race. We will see you all there. Uh, Jessica, I should say thank you. Or... Maybe today I should say gracias for joining me on DNF. Donato.